this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that had came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. Holy Saturday, the day of waiting, the in-between, the already and not yet. In this life, we are no strangers to waiting, whether it be waiting for the end or the redemption of desperate circumstances or longing for Jesus' promised return. Those witnessing the crucifixion left the hillside downcast and responded in deep sorrow and mourning. Jesus' friends remained at a distance, simply watching. But the Roman centurion, the person overseeing Jesus' crucifixion, responded in worship before the Lord. And I wonder, how often is worship our response in our waiting? In our seasons and moments of darkness, how often are our eyes focused inward on our sorrow or down on our circumstances as we long for the promised hope of tomorrow? What if we lifted our eyes, looked full in the face of Jesus, the light of the world, and chose to worship him in our waiting, putting our trust wholly in him as we declare his praises, his holiness, and his worthiness? If you're able, I'd like to invite you now to stand as we sing together. Redeem the whole creation. You. 
Saturday. None of us want it to be today. A devastating day. Our hopes are gone. Our dreams are shattered. And there's nothing left. Nothing but questions. Nothing but waiting. But waiting for what? See, I was one of the ones there. I was there at the foot of the cross. We really believed. We believed that he was the one, that he was the Messiah, the one we had waited for and longed for, the one our ancestors had waited for, the one the prophets had promised, the one God had promised. 
It had taken us a while to believe, but, but we saw in this man this inner authority so unlike any of the other rabbis. He had not only authority, but he had incredible power. He had power over nature. He had power over disease, over sickness. He had power over the unseen world, over evil spirits. And did you, did you hear the story about Lazarus? I mean, Lazarus was dead. He was dead. And Jesus prayed, and Lazarus came back to life. But not only did he have power, he was so incredibly loving. I mean, he loved everyone, the outcast, the marginalized, everyone. I, I was one of the marginalized. I was on the edges of the story. But you know, when you were with Jesus, you felt him pulling you into his story. And you knew that somehow your story could matter, that there was a bigger story and that he was inviting you to be part of it. And then there was that day, that day that he rode the donkey, the donkey into Jerusalem, and like the crowd just went wild. They were singing, they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we just knew it. We knew that this was gonna be the time. Jesus was going to reveal himself to everyone as the Messiah. But then everything began to change. And in one week, everything just went crazy. And as all of those events unfolded, we just couldn't make sense of it. And as all of those horrific things happened to Jesus, we just kept thinking at any minute, at any minute, he is going to show his power. He is going to call the armies of heaven, and they are going to come, and he is going to take his rightful place at the front and lead in victory. But he wasn't. He couldn't die. He couldn't. He had said, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. But there he was on that cross. And even as the others jeered and mocked and said, he saved others, but he can't even save himself. I still believed, I believed that maybe he could still come down off that cross. But then, with one last terrific surge of energy, he pushed himself up on the nails and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he died. He died, and everything was over. And now it's Saturday. 
It's Holy Saturday. It is. It's a day of broken dreams, of complete, profound disillusionment, of nothing but questions. Jesus is dead. Jesus' last words, really a prayer, were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And those eight words, those eight words might be the words that express the most trust that have ever been prayed in the history of mankind. Trusting God in the dark. It's really hard to do. And you know, for Jesus, it wasn't easy either. But I want to show you tonight, I want to show you how through that short prayer, our stories, our difficulties can find the strength that we need to get through the dark night of our Saturdays. So before we go to that prayer, we need to back up just a little bit. We need to back up into the story, and we need to remember another prayer. Before Jesus was able to let go, there's something else that he prayed. And he prayed this in a garden just a few hours before. This was a garden called the Mount of Olives. And in this garden, Jesus often went there to meet with his father. He went there to pray. He found great solace in that place. But not tonight. Not on that night. Listen to how Jesus is doing. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus is in anguish. He is in distress. Another translation says it this way, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, overwhelmed to the point of death. Jesus, the only one who ever lived a sinless, perfect life, is in anxiety, in despair. He is in absolute anguish of soul. The weight of the pain that he has and that he is facing is crushing him. Let's keep going in the story because the next verses say, he went a little farther and he bowed his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. You see, only Jesus the Father and the Holy Spirit fully understood the depth of the cost that Jesus was about to take upon himself as he purchased our forgiveness. And under the crushing weight of all of that, 
in, these next, in the next five verses there in Matthew, it says that two more times Jesus prayed this desperate, pleading prayer. Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way. Have you ever felt, have you ever felt like maybe being a Christian means that you shouldn't have emotions like distress or anxiety or anguish or despair, that maybe you shouldn't have any resistance to what's unfolding, that maybe somehow that's wrong, and, you know, sometimes I think we try, to, we try to stuff it. We try to pretend that things are okay. I've done that. I've done that quite a bit. Um, in fact, I have at times in my life believed that it was actually a lack of faith. A lack of faith to not just kind of pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and pretend that things were okay. To not admit all of the turmoil, all of the angst in my soul. But that is not what Jesus did. Jesus honestly, respectfully, and repeatedly expresses his emotions to his father. You know, at times in my journey, when I've been in pain, I've wanted to hide. I don't want people to see me, and I don't want God to see me. I want to just wait till I can pretend that I'm all right. But Jesus didn't turn away from God. Jesus turned to God in his pain. Jesus prayed his pain. He poured out his heart, and he wrestled with God about what he was going through. You know, before we go any further into this, I want to give you a minute right now. I want to give you a minute to maybe just sit in that. To just think about your story, your story tonight. Is there anything that you're wrestling with? If you're, if you're really honest, just is there anything that you are wrestling with that you're facing that maybe you wish was different? Maybe it's a crushed dream or, or maybe it's a work situation or a broken relationship. Maybe it's a diagnosis or maybe it's kids that have made a decision you wish they hadn't. Maybe it's something you thought God was calling you to, but look how it's turning out. Could you turn that struggle tonight into an honest prayer? Father, tonight I'm wrestling with. You know, one of the most helpful things when we're in a really dark place 
is to know that we're not the only one. It's really helpful to know that other people are wrestling too. And I was trying to think when I was getting ready for this, what could we do in this space? What could we do so that we could kind of help one another in the journey? Because all of us have struggles. All of us have things that we wrestle with. Um, and so here's what I'm going to invite you into. Um, what we're going to do in just a minute is a QR code. You know what those are for your phone, right? A QR code is going to come up on the screen. And um, I'm just going to invite that this tool is going to be a tool that allows us to encourage and support each other right here in this space tonight. And, you know, if you're watching online, you could also um, put something into the chat there that would encourage others. Um, but so here's the way, just in case this is new to you, um, that QR code, um, you just take your phone and just get your, get your camera up and just point it at one of those two QR codes and you'll see, um, you'll see that link come up. Just tap the link. And then when you come to that link, if it's the first time you're doing it, you just have to put in your first name. That's not gonna come up anywhere. Um, but then it will say, enter a response. And so you can just type in just that one word, no details, just the one word, Father, tonight I'm wrestling with. What are you wrestling with tonight? that might just help someone else to know they're not alone. Okay. 
give those things together to Jesus. Jesus, you see these words, and they, they aren't just words. They represent huge stories. And thank you that you care about every one of those stories. Thank you that you are with us tonight, and thank you that we can be with each other. Amen. On Saturday, on Saturday, our story often feels stuck. It feels like maybe the page is about right here and it hasn't turned and we don't know what's coming next. We feel powerless. Sometimes uh, the future is really unclear. Dreams maybe are gone and we're just not sure what to do next. How did Jesus willingly enter? How did he willingly enter Saturday? How did he, he give up what he desperately wanted? Let me just finish that verse. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done not mine. Whew, that's hard. That's hard to do. But Jesus, he didn't deny his feelings. He shared them with his father. He stayed close. You cannot have intimacy without honesty. He stayed close, but he did not let his feelings rule the day. He came to the place of willingly entering into Saturday, not because it was easy for him to align his, his feelings and his emotions with the will of God, but, that be, but because he had affirmed and he had reaffirmed over and over and over in his life that his heart's desire and his commitment was to do the will of the Father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. How could he have such confidence and trust when it looked like everything would be lost? Well, I want to go back to the very first word of that prayer because I think there's so much right there for us tonight, and it's the word Father. Father is a relational word. And you know, if God is his father, that means he is a son. Jesus knows in that moment, he knows his identity. Even though everything is crazy and he is in the most unbelievable pain we could ever imagine, deep in his soul, he knows who he is. He remembers who his father has said he is. He remembers his baptism. He remembers when the spirit came over him like a dove and when the father spoke the words, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And right in this moment, that has not changed. Jesus knows who he is. He knows his purpose. But he also knows the character and the identity of the Father. 
He knows, he knows that his father is there for him. Jesus knows that even in this moment, in the moment of his greatest suffering, he's not alone. His father is with him. He's not forgotten. He is part of a bigger story. I have a quote um, beside my desk, and it says this. It says, never give up on what you want most for what you want now. Jesus didn't give up on what he wanted most for what he intensely wanted in that moment. Jesus knew what was on the other side, and he trusted God to be able to bring it about. The book of Hebrews says this to some people that are struggling and wanting to give up. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So Jesus knew his own identity and he knew the identity and character of his father. These last words, these eight words of Jesus, this prayer, it's actually a quote it's a quote from what would have been Jesus' prayer book, from the Psalms. This is a direct quote out of Psalm 31. And Jesus likely would have had that Psalm memorized. Um, let me share with you some of the things that were probably going through Jesus' mind um, in those moments when he uttered those words. Here's Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to rescue me. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Right as he faces the anguish of death and the moment of surrendering it completely, Jesus clings to the character of his Father. He clings to the fact that God is a refuge, that God is a shame lifter, that God is a deliverer and rescuer, that his father is a listener and a rock and a strong fortress and a savior and a guide and a faithful God. Jesus knew his father's track record and he abandoned himself to trust that track record, to put his faith in God's promise that God could raise him from the dead. For Jesus, there was nothing powerless about Saturday. He trusted fully 
in the power of God to keep his word. He had confidence as he clung to the character of God. What about you tonight with what you're facing, with what's going on? What might you be reminded of tonight? What do you need tonight to cling to? Do you need a refuge? Is there danger around? Do you need a deliverer, a rescuer, someone who is stronger than you, who can carry you through? Do you need, do you need a shame lifter? Maybe someone who can come and gently take your downcast gaze and lift it and remind you that you are a beloved child of God and that the pain and the struggle you are in does not indicate that God is displeased with you. Do you need a strong fortress? Do you need a rock because everything around you is shaking and shifting? Do you need a guide? Do you need someone to listen? Do you need a faithful God? He is there for you. What do you need to cling to about God tonight? Could we turn this into a prayer as well? Father, tonight I cling to you as my. And maybe it's not one of the words on the screen. Maybe it's something else. But like Jesus, what could you cling to tonight that just might remind you of the God that's with you? You know, maybe you'd be willing again just to encourage others. Um, and uh, we're gonna just put up another QR code and if you're willing to just share what you're hanging on to tonight, maybe in the middle of a terrible storm, what are you hanging on to tonight about God? And this time you don't need to put your name in, um, otherwise it will come up. So just put, if you've done it once already, just put, what is that characteristic? And you know, um, as, as they sing this song for us, you can just keep adding them. You can, you can add more than one. What are you hanging on to?
that. Thank you for encouraging each other. Um, that's an act of worship, to just claim our Father uh, for all of his goodness, for all of his ability. So Jesus, on his darkest night, he was brutally honest about how he was feeling. He wrestled, but then he resolutely surrendered to his father. He placed his feelings behind his will and chose the path of surrender. And you know, when we think about it, Jesus, for many years, had been active. His life had been action-packed. He had been healing people. He had been teaching. He had, he had been going around the countryside talking about the kingdom of God. Um, he had been loving the marginalized and, and bringing justice. But the greatest gift that Jesus gave us was not his action, but his surrender. History is completely different, and our lives are completely different because of Jesus' surrender. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he abandoned himself and the outcome of that choice to God. And we know the rest of the story. We know that in that, Jesus took on all of the sin and all of the evil, and, and that through that act of surrender, forgiveness was brought to us, and, and through that seed falling into the ground and dying, new life could come, and that that new life is available for us. But that's the story for tomorrow. What do you sense tonight? What do you sense tonight that maybe God is inviting you to just, just surrender? And I'm not going to ask us to do any more QR codes or anything. Thank you for that. Um, I, want, I want this just to be a minute. Just, just another minute in our gathering together for you to be able to just interact with the Father, for you to be able to just once more join Jesus, join Jesus in that prayer. Father, into your hands I commit. What is it? Let me just lead us in a minute of guided prayer. So maybe just, just here in the room, and, and if you're at home, online, or wherever you are, maybe it would help if we just bowed our heads and we closed our eyes, and it just allowed us to let go of any other distractions. Just think about that. What is it tonight that God is inviting you to surrender?
sometimes it helps to, um, to kind of embody some of these things. So maybe for you it would be helpful just to take your fist and clench it. To clench it really tight. Just do that right now. Clench your fist and think about what it feels like to be hanging on. To be hanging on to something. And then let your hand go and, and feel the release. What is it that the Father is inviting you to let go of and to trust to his care? This isn't an easy prayer often. But it's in the letting go. It's in the letting go that we do get to the place where new life can be found. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for going to the cross for us. Thank you for giving us the example as you lived through the reality of your pain, as you stayed close to your father right in the middle of it. But thank you, thank you that you didn't hang on. You didn't hang on even to your very life. You gave it up, you surrendered it. You trusted the father. And thank you that tonight we can know that as we let go, we are not alone. Even when it's very dark, we are loved deeply, we are seen, and we are held. And thank you that we have the privilege of knowing the rest of the story, the privilege of knowing that it's Saturday, but that Sunday is coming. Thank you for that. We pray in the strong and the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to end our service tonight with a few worship songs because we really want them to be an opportunity, like Amber invited us at the very beginning of the service, an opportunity to, in, in a solemn but a resolute way, make our worship part of our response of surrender and trust in our good God. So will you stand together now as we sing a couple of songs?
for participating and if you're able um, come back tomorrow it's going to be a glorious celebration I promise you as many people take the step of baptism and as we experience together what was purchased by Jesus and what he accomplished as he allowed himself to suffer and die and then the rest of the story church family Tonight, even if it is a very dark night for you, I pray that you will receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. If you want prayer, um, some of us will be down here at the front. Pray with each other, talk with each other, encourage each other. Good night.